0: Bonsoir, et bienvenue à la deuxième cerise. Presque un postcat pour l'Eurovision.
1: That's your actual French.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast, as our guest just announced. Welcome, Michael. Bonsoir. (laughs) Bonsoir, Michael. Bienvenue. How are we all? Very well, thank you. Thank you for
0: inviting me.
1: Thank you for being here. Mikhail is one of the team, the Wider Europe uh, Second Cherry team. Uh, and you've been with us since episode four, I think. Not episode four, since year four.
0: Since year four, that's correct. Yeah. Yes, which was
1: 2009. Yeah, yeah, that's right. How lovely to have you on. We're talking about France tonight and as Because is French. We thought we'd be stereotypical and get a Frenchman
0: on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And also just that's limiting the amount of casual and accidental racism that we might, you know, so, we're so we're, 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 our, we're off the leash now. With our stereotyping, and yeah. yeah. Yes, we don't need to do it. la law
1: or anything like that. So, or like
0: that. so, <laughs>
1: so welcome, Mikhail. It's really lovely to have you with us tonight, and we're talking about your country in Eurovision. So, France, uh, one of the, the big five countries at Eurovision, and uh, one of the original seven countries that was there right from the start in nineteen fifty six and uh, five times winner.
0: Absolutely, yes, from the very start, when it was easier to win than now. <laughs> Certainly
1: easier for France, yes. That's why maybe yes.
0: France won that that's right.
1: <laughs> Well France had five winners actually. And right. All of your winners were more or less in the first twenty years of Eurovision and nothing since. Exactly. Um, was it a romance
2: that is, you know back in the day it was Dino you know, the French Riviera, the romance of the French language, like people just really bought into it, didn't they? I think probably around that time. Maybe.
0: It was very uh, classy with white and black and the white shirt and, you know, everyone was dressing the same, mm. yeah. absolutely.
1: There was a kind of sort of class about Eurovision at that time, which is not there anymore. I mean, you know, maybe for the better, maybe for the worse, I don't know. But certainly I think that, you know, the French victories came in the first 21 years uh, of Eurovision. Uh, 1958, so you don't have to wait very long. Dorme en Amour by André Claveau. Uh, 1960, "Tom Libi by Jacqueline Boyer. A 62 on Premier Amour by Isabelle Aubret it's nice and smoky it's moldering song so it's gorgeous yes. Song. Yes. and then you were, like the UK you were one of the four countries that shared the victory in 1969 yes. Frida Baccaro with Un Jeune Enfant uh-huh. oh my god that's a gorgeous song
0: it was a great great song yes. absolutely
1: beautiful song a growing song is nice <laughs> and the most recent French victory to date L'oiseau et l'enfant by Marie Miriam
0: one of my favorites mine too oh my god yes i was so happy i was very young very very young <laughs> <laughs> well, and i'll never forget that night yes tell us how you came to be involved and in how how did eurovision find you well at that time in the 70s uh in france was a, a ritual to sit down with your family and watch eurovision in front of this little screen and we were all waiting for it and we actually knew who was repris- which country was participating, I remember, because it was in this little booklet you bought to have your TV program. Mm-hmm. So we had this and we were so excited when we saw it. it. was the week of Eurovision. So yeah, it was a family gathering and sometimes friends were on and all, you know, listening to the songs, you know, we were not talking because we were really mm-hmm. listening to it. And that's how I started, you know.
1: I think that's quite sweet. I think it's, um, you know, I can't remember the last time I just sat down and watched a contest not being a little bit raucous or not being a little bit drunk or not (laughs) being there at the contest. I mean, I spent this year with you. I wasn't in Tel Aviv. Yeah. And I watched it at your house, but, you know, we weren't exactly quiet watching it. Yes. (laughs) I don't think it was really quiet in the days of the 70s when, uh, when you would sit down with the family. I think that's quite sweet, though. I really... But
2: isn't that nice that... It doesn't matter what country you're from, it's the same in Ukraine, it's the same in France, it's the same in the UK, that everybody maybe treats Eurovision differently, but the actual audience, the 200 million people that watch it every year, are families sitting down... You know, it's funny how it's the same, no matter what country you're from, it's the same sort of origin story. Oh, I sat down and watched it with my family, and then I got into like, it. It's really interesting. How-
1: hashtag join us. Hashtag come together. <laughs> hashtag all aboard. The These ad agencies aren't paid their millions for no. nothing, you know. <laughs> it is a really sort of nice sort of convivial um, feel for it. And um, I, I do, I love the sort of stories of how we all came to Eurovision. How did you become a super fan, though?
0: Well, in France, you couldn't really say that you were a fan of Eurovision when I grew up after in my teenage years. Oh, yeah. So I was watching discreetly, you know. And at one point, I, could, I, had to, I couldn't watch it. It was time of the VHS at the time. So you had to record it mm. uh, to be able to watch it because I was busy on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But uh, I kept an eye on it. But um, everyone was saying, oh, Eurovision, Eurovision. And now. It's back. It's back in the trend and people are watching it, criticising it also. But now I think everyone is starting to watch again Eurovision. But the 90s, I would say, was the big down on Eurovision
2: in France. Yeah. Was there a song or a contest or some sort of catalyst that made you say, shit, I'm in this now. This is my world. I'm a f- super fan. What was there a moment for you? Yeah, when I come back to Eurovision more
0: officially, there is one song and that's 2001 with uh, Natasha Saint Pierre. Oh my god, lovely! I fell in love and oh, never lost a minute since. Absolutely, <laughs> it's a beautiful song and the first French song to ever feature a bit of English. Exactly, she's the finishing in a big in English. I am what I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, that
2: was. Yes, I think I was crying
0: that night. Oh, mm-hmm. sweet!
2: Because <laughs> we had like four languages up to that, like Antillian Creole, uh, Breton, Breton, yeah, and what was the other language? Is another one that yeah. So but the French are obviously very, very proud of their language and make and make sure it is spoken how it should be spoken as well. Oh, yes, very much so, absolutely. Um, yes. So yeah, so that's quite interesting. That's the first dip into the English language, which they've That's started to bring back a little bit recently. Absolutely. You know,
1: Corsican thing. was the other language. That's it, yeah. In 1993. Oh, Mama Patrick Corsica. Oh. Mama Corsica. I loved it. I loved it. I've there been it, singing on that. I loved that bit. Mm. France went through that sort of phase of going through and celebrating its diverse heritage, whether that was, you know, the overseas territories or, you know, the kind of the Celtic languages. Yeah. Um, you know, it just really felt very interesting for me. Um, and I think that you're, that you're right, that sort of dip and, and sort of the interest is back again now. Yes. And that mirrors, I think, for instance, fortunes in the contest as well, because we had all of this early success and then not really a great deal. Early 90s, yes, there was a bit of success. You know, there were songs coming in the top 10, but then there were a lot of songs coming way outside of that. And Prince it felt as though they'd lost their way a little bit. Yes. I, when I did, um, I recorded the Eurovision Castaways for um, ESC Insight with Ellie. And one of the songs I chose for that was Amina, C'est la dernière qui a panique, a oh. And I picked it for the beauty of the song, but also I picked it to symbolise... The rum luck of the French. I think the French have put in so many creative songs, so many interesting songs, um, so many diverse songs to Eurovision. And I don't think that they've ever been properly rewarded for the efforts to bring something unique and bring something different.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think the, I mean, Amina in 1991, I think, is the ultimate example of that. You know, when she tied with Carola with... So you had the kind of... The Schlager pop. Jumping and, everywhere. And, yeah. Very typical, yeah. you know, Swedish Schlager pop. And then you had this beautiful, beautiful...
0: Sweetness. Ethnic song, Yes. Um, sweetness. From and the way She was moving. Very oh, uh, little show. It was just... It yes. was so
1: beautifully presented. Yeah. And, of course, they tied... Same number of points. But she lost on the countback. It was the system where they counted how many people how many twelves you got, then how many tens. That's right, yeah. Etc. And so um I can't remember the combination of it, but I think yeah, of ten. Yeah, something, something like that. Really, Sweden was deemed to have small, won anyway. Yeah. Although now if they were doing it on the rules that they have now for breaking a tie, I mean they
0: would have won. Yes, But the law has changed now, so yeah. I wish it's part of the Eurovision things, you know. I know, but it, wouldn't it be so nice to have had is <laughs> Yes, a yes, French yes.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, it would have been gorgeous. But there was a lot of songs around that time. I mean, the year before that, we had um, uh, Shovaliul, White oh, and Black Blues.
0: That was brilliant. Yeah. Serge Gainsbourg. Serge Gainsbourg wrote the song. Yes. Coming why. back to the yeah.
1: competition after writing the Luxembourg with her in '65. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was
0: just. No, he was a poet so he, he was a big uh, name to write that song yeah and he always been avant-garde so he was already mm. uh, he wrote already something that becomes more in the trend later on so no it was a brilliant song. she should have been you know, also. yeah absolutely okay <laughs> hey, second that was good
1: <laughs> yeah second and Amila was second in the count back but that, that sort of that, that, there was that little run there where you had Carly and Montella Riviere I love that because again, that was bringing something very different of the French um, flavour to it, then bringing in the, um, the 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 Creole language there yes, as well and the yeah. sounds, um, Mama Corsica, But then, nineteen ninety four, one of my favourite songs ever to go to Eurovision was just "Suis un vrai <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I mean, whatever happened to her? She just seemed to be kind of like you know, I don't know anything about her outside of Eurovision.
0: No, she had an album at the time, I remember yeah. to buy it, of course, uh, she didn't come, maybe she had two, I'm not sure about, you know, I'm sure we can check this, yeah. but um, yeah, but she was really everywhere at the time, everywhere you were going on the radio, she was everywhere yeah, with that song, yeah.
1: I just love that song, I need to check out some of her other work, because if it's anything like that, it was such a an unusual um song and performance it was you know it was right at the time that i was into off the wall singer songwriters as well particularly female um so she just really really appeared uh, appealed for me um just having a look on um wikipedia and says that she's uh spent years touring and she's been in the vagina model oh
2: yeah interesting interesting (laughs)
1: Interesting. yes (laughs) almost as interesting as a performance um but then there was, I mean, it, it's been mixed choices for Yes, finals, yes. And, then. and mixed se- ways of selecting as well. So you know, some internal selections, some national finals. That's and right. They,
0: you know, they've fed. You know, they changed the channels. You know, from the one, from the two, from the three.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. So it's been sort of all. Chuck up, really. It feels you know there's not been a, a format that they've stuck to.
0: Yeah, and I really like the latest format that we are we are doing now. It's... Yeah, well, we'll come to that. Okay, we'll come to that. Um,
1: the late two thousands were where things kind of sort of the interest picked up again, briefly at least in terms of um, at least in terms of positions, because we had Sebastian Tellier.
0: Yes, that was really. Uh, he was a really hmm. off off the wall artist. Completely completely yeah that was interesting
1: with the French expecting somebody like him to do it
0: I mean maybe that's why they all come back to it to bring such an artist maybe uh, into yeah. Eurovisions with something completely different Very different yeah, Neville, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I think there was kind of like the sort of peak of interest from you know the serious music scenes yes somebody yeah. like him was doing it but then arguably one of the biggest stars ever to do Eurovision of course. The following year in Moscow, Patricia. Yes. Cass. Patricia
0: Kass, oh my god. I'm a fan of Patricia Cass, of course, like uh, you know.
1: What was it like for somebody that you're
0: such a big fan of to do Eurovision? I couldn't believe it. That's it. I couldn't believe it. I said, How come France is suddenly choosing a big name because they keep saying, oh, No no, it's it's got to be someone new who has no experience and that the way they were, and suddenly so Patricia Cass. Hello.
2: I, I'm interested in that because why you can understand why a television channel will try and get the best artists that they can. Mm-hmm. but
0: what was it about? Well know, like... and Russia was a big love story yeah ah. I have to say uh, she's no relation yeah, she's, to a, she per, she's very <laughs> very famous in Russia and I know she's been singing privately for the president also so. Oh, so was there a bit of money behind it then? Maybe mm, I know maybe. she's a. The Russians adore Patsiakas, mm-hmm. so and I think just to say thank you to her public, you know, and uh, she decided to go that year, and she was beautiful on stage. You remember? Oh, amazing! Simplicity of the song and the voice. Just gorgeous. I think it was the
1: Russian connection because I, I be- first became aware of Patsiakas when I lived in the Soviet Union. Uh, so it's the end of 91, beginning of 92, and her records were available in the big shops in Moscow. So we go, were like, going, you know, we bought, this, oh, she's this big French artist yeah. and everybody got to buy her album. And so I think it was that thing. She was so well known in Russia. It was such a big market for her. Yeah. And actually the, the fact that this was going to be, you know, a huge spectacle yeah. um, in one of her biggest selling markets, I think... You know, it, it was almost irresistible for, yeah, her, to for her to turn down the Russian uh, yeah. It was such a good move, I think. it was, you know. And it was a huge, huge Eurovision. Oh, move. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing.
2: And then The Year After is probably one of, not so much my favourite French song, but definitely fun. Absolute fun on the stage. Jesse Matador. Euro Club favourite. Oh my God. I, I heard this song um, in the Euro Club and it made me love it even more it's one of those songs that get you everyone's dancing to it
1: who doesn't love a big Jesse <laughs> I
2: mean
1: I you know I'm, I, I toyed with the idea of marriage you know Monty Matador Moncrief has a ring to it don't you think <laughs> <laughs> I remember that Monty <laughs> changed my Facebook name and everything <laughs> oh it was just so much fun and wasn't that a song that was connected to the World Cup that year or it was a football song it was certainly connected. It wasn't. It didn't have only a Eurovision um, connection. It had connection to, to, to one of the football. It I would think. have been the, the European Cup, because France might have So it would not yeah, so yeah. get it.
2: Germany. It was. It
0: could have been. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, no, it, was, it was for the French the, French song. Song. the World Cup. I remember Ali Ali, 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 Ali. Ali, 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 Ali. I Loved it. Yes, Ali,
1: for, Ali. I'm just Wikipediaing as we speak. Uh, the promoting the 2010 FIFA World Cup. In Germany. In wherever it was, I don't know. You know about football. He mm-hmm. was in South Africa.
0: I was in South Africa.
1: No, that was the World Cup. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> the European World. Oh no, hang on It was the no, World Cup.
0: No, it couldn't oh. have been because France.
1: It was ni- in
2: South France ninety eight. Oh, oh my God! God. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm you knowing most about you. What's about I, football? I skipped a decade. and was like, no, France ninety eight was two years before. No, it wasn't ninety eight. No, no, two... ninety eight. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. This is what happens when you give us wine. And know nothing about sport. Well, I do. That's really bad. I should know that. I should know that.
1: Yeah, it was a huge hit in the Euroclub. And a massive hit. It's one of, actually, the most watched YouTube videos connected with Eurovision. If you do, if you kind of search by number of views, he's up there. Massively. So, is
2: there. that a football connection? So, like, nothing brings, you know, Eurovision fans and football fans together like Jesse Matador. Well international first, competition yeah. yeah that's it I'd come together for him okay <laughs> <laughs> and any any number of football fans <laughs> so
1: it's I mean it, actually the year after that as well was quite interesting as well because we had Amokri uh, Vasili and you yes. the more operatic song which everybody thought was going to win and then on the night he had some Problem with the sound. Yes, you know. I remember being in the hall, and th- this moment coming, yes. and then suddenly I was like, "Oh, he's fiddling with his, you know, his little whatever it is. What his, me. um, you know, the sound pack you have on your belt." Yeah, and I was like, "Something's not right," and it just didn't go anywhere from there. It was such a letdown.
0: Yeah, he's just yeah.
1: It was such a shame. That could have been a winner, I think. But um, let's skipping a couple of years on, and actually, my favourite is the only song that's ever come last in France. Oh. I want to have a moustache. A moustache. <laughs> a moustache. <laughs> <A mustache. laughs> so, we said this on the previous...
2: <laughs> <on the> pre- <laughs> right? Like, uh, we said this on the previous episode, Lithuania, right? We said about how some... When you want to do comic a comic performance rather than comedy a comic performance you've got to hit the right register and i felt like they did they were visually really interesting <laughs> they were all over the place in ter- visually but in a great way they were absolutely self-aware of who they were and the song they were singing and it was just they hit they, they hit the absolute correct register for eurovision and i don't know why more people didn't vote for it i know
1: I had so much fun with them, yeah. I just absolutely adored that song. I mean it's nonsense, but Yeah, but, yeah. but it was cares? just fun. Exactly, it's fun. And Patrick was, I mean, well, you know, Jesse who, moving Patrick, <laughs> <laughs> he was, um, oh, he was so sweet and we, I remember having a little dance with him at the after party, just when we were getting our drinks at the bar, we, you know, it was like, they'd come last. He was still just like full of the joys, it was so nice.
2: Monty pushed him in an elevator and started dancing with him that's what actually, that's what actually happened
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we went to see them remember we, we did, went did London. See them. in London yes they came oh, a few yeah. a couple of months
0: later it was a great night remember? it was fabulous yes,
1: yes, yes. it was so much fun I'm just like why couldn't their music have a bit more crossover it's like they're it really so done is.
0: to her and just having fun it was just yeah
2: 2014 there were some there were worse songs than that sorry that, oh, they did absolutely. not deserve last they place they didn't deserve last night. two points two yeah. points I know Honestly, mm.
0: have a word with Shot yourself. It, That's terrible, terrible for any artist to arrive at yeah. this position.
1: But let's um, let's have a run through the last of the French edges because we've got to get onto this year, and uh, we're already quite a lot quite a way into the podcast. Oh, so, um, I Lisa Angel, you love Lisa Angel.
0: I'm a fan of Lisa Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Angel.
1: Yes. Angel. Like, like, yeah, Angel. Not Angel. It's not Lisa Angel. Lisa it's Angel? French. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's this Lisa Angel?
2: No problem, Path What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember when she was chosen, Mikann, and you were like, oh my God, I love her. Yeah, because um, she was singing in French, in Italian, and she just did some cover of some beautiful French songs and Italian songs, and just I loved her. I was following her already and so a jump you know when i heard what she will be singing i kind of knew she will not go very far with it but, but i didn't expect her to go that low also she didn't deserve it no. and um maybe her problem was she was a very competent singer she knew every technique and everything um i don't know i don't know i was very frustrated that that she didn't go that high, actually really, really disappointed. And I have to say that uh, after that, it's a shame, but every agent she had dropped her. Oh, really? Yes. Because Because I'm such a fan, I I still follow her. So she comes back, she opened a school of singing in Fréjus, in the south of France, where she's from. She's from St. Raphael, exactly. And uh, she opened a singing school. And she's teaching people how to sing. So that's interesting. But she did um, write on a find out, Yeah, Everyone dropped her from one day to another.
2: So that's part I of Eurovision.
0: Sure. It can be great. But
2: uh, that was a very dark year for me, I remember. Mm. Oh, it was a good song. It staged very well. I remember they had like soldiers, not soldiers, but yes. like military drummers on, really? but behind her on the backdrop because, you know, you can only have six people on stage. And then they kind of mm. made... I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful production, yeah. Classic, I don't know, yeah, maybe, maybe, to, maybe engage, to, to engage
0: into yeah. the, mem- the memoir of... Uh,
1: I think she was thrown the... under the bus a bit by being given second place. running oh, right? that was yeah. really bad. Yeah, I think, was... you know, I'm not saying that a big five should never get a second place draw, but the countries that have qualified, they've kind of got an idea of, you know, how well they did, and they know who's likely... To perform well and who's likely to not, and so the, the big five they've got no idea. So to put a big five in a sec in second position, you've got no idea how they're no. going to perform. And I think it's a little bit, you know, we all know how much of a a burden singing from second is. Um, so I was a bit disappointed. Um, but by but that. the great
0: thing from thing from this artist is that um, to come back clear, she actually did a voice last year in France. Changing her name. She appeared on stage as Virginie and she's been taken on the voice. When all the judges turned around and saw who she was and realized that it's Lisa Angel, they were gobsmacked. She went quite far in the show. She didn't win it, but she went quite far. She can sing. How interesting. Wow. Because
1: that's kind of, you know, going purely for the talent without any of the baggage of knowing. Who that person is yes. and what their history and she's been is. taken so. wow that's interesting and i just that competence as a singer i remember watching her sound check and her rehearsal and she didn't even use all the time she like literally came in bang first run through bang second run through and she still had time to do you know one or two more run mm-hmm. through and she was like no no that's it that's all fine and yeah. she knew exactly what so she wanted yeah. she knew exactly that things were right from the technical side you know, she just didn't even use her rehearsal time. She can it, really. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. After that, things changed again for France. I think there was a an up in gear for the last, um, well the last, carry through the last four years now. Two internal selections, two selected via public show, but Amir in 2016, I mean, this was, I think, what put France
0: back on the Exactly, back. That's, it. that's exactly what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. It's when France come back with Amir, yes.
2: But also, a statement on France taking Eurovision serious. This was straight out of the charts in France. He was current, not bad looking, some, you know. They, they hit every register that you needed to hit and they really...
0: And I remember the advertisements uh, France 2 at the time gave him was quite unseen before for any artist. Uh, so really, was respect. every everywhere, yeah. On TV, yeah.
2: See, it's a, it's an interesting lesson to learn from someone at the in the UK because if you treat it with respect, and the rest of Europe see that you're treating it with respect, they respond to that. Absolutely, which right. is why BMG for the UK, we must absolutely win Eurovision next year, Ben <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God,
0: we're going
2: to win Eurovision. <laughs> but anyway, but I think I think it, it's clear. Like the 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 powers that be uh, in the French camp were no, we want to turn our fortunes around. This is how we plan to do it and we can bloody stick to it. And
0: I think from that time, yes, that's what they decided because then we had some great, great uh, choice from France. So.
1: And I mean, it was on stage alone, which I thought was a strange choice. I think, you know, to fill a big European stage with one singer. I mean, he had the charisma to do it, but I think it possibly could have been... It could have been better with something else happening something on stage. Something on
0: stage, yeah. No, it was just him and jumping and yeah, running. Yeah. yeah,
1: and there was in. They also used just um, the following year's singer Alma on her own as well. Yeah. I mean, she had that big sort of spinning backdrop of the Parisian night yes. scene in the, the 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 skyline. But oh my god, that song! There's just something about Alma's song that is just gorgeous. I mean, when she just shouts at you. Embrasse-moi, dis moi que tu I mean, you just oh, if somebody just you know said yes. that to you, you'd be like, oh my yes. god, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, the, that yeah. kind of emotion and the passion of a lover screaming or screaming that to you, another. Yeah. Oh, I just absolutely adored it. There's something lovely about that, Madame, Monsieur.
0: Merci. 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 One of my favorite ever also is Natasha saint pierre I
2: refuse yes. to accept their position at Eurovision, where they came. Which I was refuse. No, nope, that was definitely top ten, <laughs> maybe top five. The song was the the theme, the way they performed it, audience participation. Mm-hmm. There's nothing i I don't like about that. That that is just. Yeah. I loved it.
0: I really believe she could win movies. She didn't. Thirteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree, I think it was a slightly disappointing placement For what we expected And also I think disappointing from this year's as well We're going to go on to talk about this year's songs But let's talk about this year's French representative Bilal Hassani um, With his song Roi 16th place But it felt like It felt like it was a
0: bigger Bigger song Because the noise around that song Yeah Has been enormous You know, all over Europe I think everyone heard you know what happens after he's been chosen you know it's not very been very pink for him after being chosen to represent Eurovision mm-hmm.
2: I mean because he's a YouTube star initially a singer and a you know he has his own YouTube channel which does very well figures wise viewers wise and so he's used to have he must be used to have that sort of trolls, negative attention. He's used to that. He probably bats it away every single day of his life. But this maybe took it to a new level when he got introduced to this Eurovision circuit because now he became very visible on a wider scale, didn't he? And you were saying, we were talking about this early on, how being visibly queer, visibly gender-bending, visibly Muslim and all these different things which are seemingly, you know, at odds, came to get came through, didn't it? With the amount of crap that he got from people, I mean, he got a lot of shit online, and there were people saying the abuse t- was extreme. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how much of that was did you, were you aware of? I mean, it was all in France, but yeah, they further, talk about it
0: on the news every day. How much abuse he received, and how hard it was, of course, for him. But yeah, that was not nice to to watch. But he brings the new generation, I think. And nicely, we all remember, we all had some people, artists to relate to. And uh, I think he's doing it well. It doesn't matter how much you can receive. I think he's there.
2: Yeah, I mean, we said this, we mentioned this before in the podcast, I think he's an absolute star. So first of all, you've got, so I'm just going to just wax lyrical a little bit about him because I said this at the start, when he was picked, you know, there was a lot of online crap aimed at him, and I said, hold on, guys, you know, and I'm going to call this out. I'd say older, white, gay men was one subset who were after him, and I said, you know, this, hold on, because we all had our gay icons growing up. We had our George Michaels, we had our uh, Freddie Mercuries, and people go back further than that, you know, we all had, everyone's got their own, yeah, boy, we've all got our gay icons, and... Back in the day, they were seen as a little bit odd or radical or a bit, you know, you know, all these kids. And, but that is what Bilal is now. There were videos online of like these Bilal part, viewing parties, filming themselves. These, these kids who obviously going th- made a connection with Bilal and who is and what about. And they were clearly idolizing him. And it was really lovely to see. And I think we should not lose sight of that, that this guy was very young. He's so young, yet knows exactly who he is and what he's about. He's very visible. He's out there for everyone to see. And I just have the maximum respect for him. And I just wish he did a little bit better at Eurovision. I just wish he came higher. But, you know, we still got him. We still got the song. I really love the guy. I think he's an absolute star. Does this throw up the question of the the juxtaposition of
1: a kind of, you know, Eurovision fandom changing, um but also the, you know, the, the, the way that people are known and discovered now. Because Bilal was a YouTube star, and I think, you know, we probably would all agree that some of his success in the French final this year came from the fact he had such a fan base who were going to vote for him. You know, so, you know, is did that put other artists at a disadvantage, or is this just the way that things are going to be? Increasingly, social media personalities are crossing over into real world, if you like, fame. We see, you know, YouTubers coming onto things like um, uh, Strictly, we see Bilal coming into this in. in Eurovision. So, is it just inevitable that this is going to be the breeding ground for some of the new stars now?
2: I think so, because these are... Remember, when we talk about national finals, we are talking about TV stations, TV broadcasters who want to appeal to the local audience, and Bilal is exactly that. That's why he was there in the first place. They, mm. they pull people from industry, they pull people from the charts. And okay, he'd been on The Voice Kids, I think, in Mm -hmm. France, but was a YouTube star. Essentially, that's what his profile was. And I mean, I don't know how helpful that is when you then get to Eurovision and all of that fame and all of that sort of interesting stuff means nothing.
1: Well, I think probably exactly that. I don't think it is necessarily helpful when you get to Eurovision, but within your own country, in terms of sort of who becomes a celebrity and who has... The, the backing and the fan base to do that you know because there is an argument that you know Bilal won that purely because he had the fan base and there may have been better songs in there but then it's the rules you know that's what the that's how the, the final in France was judged so you know we let we can't be you know we can't sort of roll back on that
2: no equally though we have to say that he absolutely smashed the tele vote and then mm-hmm. came fifth Out of eight songs, fifth Mm. in the jury. So there is a disconnect there. And I'm not saying... I will never say anybody didn't deserve to get to Eurovision. He Mm. deserved to get to Eurovision. And I love the fact that he did, for the reasons I've just said. But Mm. there is something there where you think, would he... If without his massive YouTube following, would he have made it? Would he have got it over the line? I don't know. That's the question. We'll never really know that. But... Yeah, that was a hefty win in the televote yeah. that pulled him up. <laughs> but, you know, I have no problem with that, really. Mm. But it does beg the question, what does it really mean when you get to Eurovision?
1: Yeah, because when you've got that notoriety in your own country once you're on an international stage and nobody knows you. It was the same with Jamie Lee in Germany when she yeah. just won whatever it was that she'd won and all the Germans are, like, oh my God, send her. And then nobody knows her. I mean, Michael Rice even this year for the UK, you know, he'd won a prime time BBC TV talent show.
2: But it wasn't a household name though.
1: But it wasn't a household name, no. But he was, he. you know, he had that... Momentum. If, he, maybe, he, yes. had voting, yeah. he had voting momentum.
2: Yeah. But... British public only. Mm.
1: But there we go. This is a, this is something we're going to have to grapple with, I think, in the, the, the coming years in terms of, you know, who makes Eurovision, where do they come from, where does that crop of people come from. And I think increasingly in Eurovision, as in regular life, we're going to see more people coming through the social media route. Mm.
2: I, I don't think she was necessarily a YouTube star, but um, the Polish winner of Junior Eurovision last year... I think people said that she had a massive people looked at you know the amount of people that follow her online and I think she had a big social media and so there is something in that there's something in your social media following and votes but what that actually trend I don't know it, it, it's a minefield isn't it
1: okay so we've waffled on enough a heck, a heck of a lot blimey <laughs> so it is about time we got to this year's song so let's go over and see what was hot and what was not in Destination Audition. So the French use Destination Eureaudition for the second year running. Um, it's a new format um, mainly young artists or so maybe you know artists with some artists had a profile already but there's a lot of you know young fresh artists coming through there. Um Two semi-finals uh, going into a final and then um, a jury vote and a tele-vote. Um, in one of the semi-finals this year, somebody we know on the jury. Oh, yeah. Dr Eurovision. Paul Jordan. Paul Jordan. Was on the, uh, the jury. You the media hussy, the... you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was nice to see him propping up. Uh, propping up? Popping up. Popping it was, up. It, so it was nice to see him popping up.
2: But he spoke a little French as well, didn't he not? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I think he did. He was, right, he was right professional-like.
0: Ooh,
1: he was, he was. <laughs> he wasn't. He? I think
2: Paul will let us know on the socials, won't you, Paul? Yeah. I think you did. I think you spoke French.
1: But it was, um, we're going to focus mainly on the final because it was really great. There were some cracking songs got to the final. Matt, you're looking to come in. I'm
2: just going to be very quick on this because there were two songs and two artists that didn't make the final. I just want to make this point because this is a very specific point about this national final in France there was a massive disconnect between what was sung on the record and then what was in the performance so in terms of the performance quality against what was on the recording so florina um and Hugo both had songs that didn't make it to the final and their songs were brilliant go back and look at them play the songs on the record they are excellent songs and there were songs that i thought were going to do well and then i saw them live they bombed, and they didn't get through, deservedly so. And it's just really interesting. There were artists that really struggled with the vocal. I don't know if it was the, there was a mixing problem. I do have to say that about this in France this year. There was, a, there was a mixing problem. But, yeah, great songs that didn't make it through. But we're interested in songs that did make it through in the final
1: <laughs> What I liked about the format as well was that each of the artists, in they got to sing a little bit of a, another song, in advance. In the semis, it was just you know, whatever French song or whatever non-French song um, but in the final they got to sing a snippet of a Eurovision song before they did their song. And I thought that was just quite nice. Give a little bit more character and you know, a bit more flavour to getting to know the artist. So we're going to kick off with song one, which is called Lao by Chimène Badi
0: Ça vient de She, she's one of the known artists actually probably one of the only mainly known from every French human body is here since 2004 and um, she had a few albums quite popular hmm. never made it to number one but not far
1: and what did you think of the song?
0: I liked it I liked it uh, I think it was very professional very the words were brilliant so, no, I, I was attracted to it.
1: I loved it. It was one of my favourites this year. I just really loved the way that she sang it, the way it was presented, and it just had that kind of like rousingness and that buildingness about it. I just, I really, really enjoyed this.
2: Yeah, I think this is a song that, that kind of grows on you, which isn't great because you want to get immediate votes. But I, yeah, this is a good song sung confidently by a great Singer. It was just, everything was right. But yeah, maybe she just. Missed You're the right. Way. It's a gr- it it's grows, growing. It? Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. I didn't catch at first, definitely. Then it was, it so. That's
1: interesting because I actually started listening to the songs on the Spotify playlist, and really appreciated some of them much more on there than I had during the national final at the time. Mm. So I think it is a bit of a grower, mm. um, for me. Um, the second song in the final was called "Allez, le dire." Sylvana Reg, and we're not going to play this one um, very
2: French but so this was even... interesting you could see what they were going for mm. because on stage in Tel Aviv that could have been they would have elevated it maybe a little bit more that could have been incredible the angles these like pop art the cartoon hiding behind bush, all that sort of stuff as a stagecraft I suppose it was brilliant but yeah but I was bored by like
0: the third minute of it yeah I watched it, appreciated, it, but I didn't think more than this. No.
1: Yeah, we will we'll move swiftly on. <laughs> We're not playing now. We're going to play you a burst of La Voix d'Arrêtat by the Divas, though. Here they are. We'll doesn't love three great walloping fantastic vocalists up on stage you know singing in this case Tribute to the late Aretha
2: Franklin. Yeah, absolutely smashed it. They were great, visually interesting. No, they they knew how to perform, and as soon as they started singing, you were there with them, like, yeah, go on, girl. And and I just think if you whack this up really loud, like we did in our viewing party, actually, we had it very loud. You and you watch the live performance. It is so. So I mean, I I questioned whether this should be the tra- cherry. And we'll find out whether that happens. Oh. But I was very much like cr- I could change my mind. Like my my vote, my vote was going to go elsewhere. And then this came on, and I was like, "Wait a minute! This would this is very Second Cherry." It went but big in our hall. It went big in the hall. Absolutely, they were amazing. I remember
0: we all wanted to just stand up and dance. <laughs> and, uh, yes,
1: <laughs> but this is the kind of thing that you love. And actually, yes. I think in the years that we've done Second Cherry together. One thing that's quite obvious is that you and I often have very different tastes. Yes, yes. But then occasionally we coalesce around the, the yes. same song. The same songs. And, yes. And you know, there's no pattern to what is going to be mm-hmm. what we both like.
0: No, 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 no. And that one was just yes. I was surprised actually to see this. I remember to watch it. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> we no, it's really Great, great.
1: They were great. Song four in the final was uh, La Promesse by Emmanuel Bois.
2: De passer toute une vie derrière un mur Je me fais la promesse, je me fais la promesse La promesse d'être fidèle à ma
0: personne Je me fais la promesse, je me fais la
2: promesse Now, there, I, I'm going to bring the tone down a little bit. Um, there's not many Eurovision stars who I've seen butt naked.
1: Speak for yourself.
2: Well, <laughs> 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 some of you and some of my friends have. But, I, uh, yeah, I've seen this man head to toe naked. I have as well. Haven't we all? Yes. Because... There are other
1: Eurovision stars that are naked. No, I know. Naked, but, right? you know. There's a... There's an infamous photo shoot of Timo Bilan Ooh. where he's sort of dressed, He was called, well, he's undressed as a mechanic and there's uh, half a bollock knocking <laughs> out from
2: a locker door. I, don't know, I think I'll give that one a miss. But, you know, so, uh, um, but that aside, um, <laughs> the, the song, it was a good song, sung well. Good looking guy, but the staging was at times a little bit odd, but at times brilliant. Um, I wonder whether that disconnect was ultimately what killed it but I like this really as a national final song very strong I
0: loved it uh, he wrote the song he did everything in the song it's his song it's his story uh, his gay story and uh, I think he's, he sang beautifully yeah uh, the staging I liked it it really worked absolutely I really really adore this
1: Emmanuel is a more established artist in France as well, isn't he? People are more aware of him. He's had a number of albums. He's had a career.
0: Yes, he had a little. Oh, okay. A small career. A small career. I shouldn't say that. Ah, <laughs> okay. oh, no, 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 Yeah.
1: Oh, I just got a picture of him and he's actually uh, very... What oh I know is he spent ooh.
0: one year to write his song. Or uh, yeah, to write the, the song. Yes. To work on that song.
1: You mentioned the the gay story that's told in the song as well. I mean, one of the things I liked about this was it was such a queer aesthetic on stage. You know, he had two male dancers and it was homoerotic. You know, it wasn't sort of over the top, but it was like, you know, unapologetically gay. And I quite like that. I quite like when an artist is, you know, just being quite blatant and in your face like that. And uncompromising. I think yeah,
0: yeah, you're right on that, yeah. And that's why I really, really like it. It's you, you can see there's a lot of work in that song, yeah.
1: Next one, uh a song that actually possibly became my favorite. Um Soin by Dutson.
0: No fils a grandi.
1: Yeah, totally the catchy. There's something I really well. You and I, Mikael, are both big fans of Stromae, the yes. Belgian artist. And there was an essence of that in in here for me. It was a little bit kind of that kind of African beat um, that's there in like a song like Papauté, mm. Uh and it just kind of reminded me a little bit of that. Also, he had like a young. Child dancing yeah. on stage with his son, which was very reflective of the Stromae video yeah. for Ute okay as well. So just really sort of reminiscent of that for me. But I loved the kind of the beats and this. Um, it wasn't an immediate song, and it was it came last in the final. So you know it wasn't universally loved.
0: But the same another artist who wrote his song, you know, uh, this one was for his mother. Tried to be a good son to his mother, mm. and he always promised to his mother that he will be. A good song, and he will achieve a career. And he's made it. He made it. So oh. it's a better ode to
1: a mother than Axel Hirsu's from Belgium was, <laughs> singing about his dead mother, who didn't actually end up to be dead. Oh. She was there watching him from the audience, <laughs> <laughs> urging him on. I got
2: uh, a sexual <laughs> vibes from that. I did, was not comfortable watching that performance at all. <laughs> no. yeah yeah but uh, <laughs> but no. Wait, I, wait, hang I, on, were you you were aroused by it. I was aroused. You? I got sexual vibes coming at me. Not I was aroused by. It. I got like he was like a little bit in love with his mother. We'll move swiftly on. <laughs> Moving on. Do we have lawyers? No. <laughs> <for the laughs> wait. So, do song great song. Not not my favorite. I think it did deserve last place. However, it was so current. So 2019. It was, you know, had the Afro beat straight out of the French charts. I think, you know, good. Bit of diversity. Why not?
1: Excellent. Next song we're going to listen to is Tous les Deux by Simon.
0: Mikael. oh, Simon, Simon, that was the name of my grandma. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> um, no, I really think uh, she was just simply nice, vibrant on stage, emotional, and then she sang. But first it was the emotion, and then there is a song. And... She to her dad, and the words are beautiful. You know, first time I heard it, I had Goosebum. Oh, really? Mm, yes. Wow. I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. When a song evokes that kind of visceral
1: reaction in you, there's something, there is you know, there's something. The song about it, song, yes.
0: The voice,
2: a voice, the timbre of voice was, you know, she apparently she's got. Uh, vocal cords that are like literally hanging by a thread. It's quite. She has to be quite careful. Ah. So that's why her voice. She's developed her voice as it is. Very sort of like speak. Well, she's not really speaking, but it's a different kind of singing voice technique.
1: It sounded very fragile to me. Yeah, and you yeah. can see why that would be the case yeah, if she's absolutely. got you
2: know fragile vocal cords. But this was. I say this word all the time, but it was it was stunning. And we've been talking about the whole history of France at your origin. This threw back to yesteryear. This was very French, very classy, classic. I really got this French ballad vibe that I think could have been, you know, in nineteen fifties as well. It was a beautiful song. Really love that. Actually, yeah. simple. yes yeah, yeah. exactly. No, no yeah. bells, no whistles. It was her and a microphone, bit mm. of dry ice. Done. Can't really add much to that. I kind
1: of agree with pretty much everything you said. So um, in the running order, Bilal was next, but we can't have him. So it, the last song that we've got for you tonight is I Sat Singing, coming
2: Grande. <laughs>
0: grand artist. Yeah. <laughs> I love this song. Yeah. I really, at the time, I
1: I, I I was a little bit sort of nonplussed by the performance. I was like, well, oh, I'm not sure she's pulled that off. But it was one of these ones that I really got into listening on the playlist again. I was like, my God, this song is brilliant. Yeah, You remember
0: it. And then, yeah, when
2: the show is finished, I remember to have this song also in my head. So, I, I quite like the fact that she was She added something different to the mix of people. They clearly thought about the mix of people at the Uri. Absolutely. Um, You know, it was a diverse national final, but I just feel like there was something something non-traditional about her, something very different that we've not really seen before. Um, The song wasn't the favourite for me, but um, she spoke really well. And I just, I I, I bought into her actually more than song. Yeah, for sure. The energy she had was
0: showing Mm -hmm. on stage, you know. She could dance and sing and get up and do her thing. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous. (laughs) So
1: that's all of the finalists and a couple of the uh, semi-finalists that we mentioned there. Which one of those is going to get the French cherry? So, there's all the songs. Which one of those have we picked? Michael, would you like to reveal?
0: OK. Donc ce soir à la seconde chérie, this evening to second cherry, we have chosen Simon, tous les deux. Simon with tous les deux. That's
1: the French cherry. That beautiful fragile ballad, blending in, I think, quite nicely with some of our more uptempo. And, you know, In Your Face, entries that we have this year. So, yeah, lovely little song, Mm. adding very much to the diversity of the secondary lineup.
2: Yeah, we haven't got, it's not all going to be a big dance fest, you know, uh, come November at the uh, live show, live event. It's going to, it's a good mix of people, and um, I'm really happy with this choice. Yay! (laughs) I think, yeah, yeah, we're all happy. It was uh,
0: kind of unanimous. It was almost unanimous. Almost. Yeah. almost mm-hmm. But I'm
1: very happy with the choice. Mm. Yeah, it's great. So there you have it, our French cherry. So thank you. Merci beaucoup, Mikael. Thank be you. Absolutely yes. lovely to have you with us. Merci beaucoup. Um, uh-huh. We are, we're going to be back next week. We don't know with what yet. We will get back to you because the the team is meeting this week, later this week, and we will be doing our final deliberations. For this year. Yes. Yes. so what else we're going to bring you uh, so check out on the social media what we're going to be doing for next week and uh, do get in touch so you can follow us on twitter you can tweet us at second cherry on instagram we are at second underscore cherry and on Facebook, we are at Second Cherry Podcast. We're on Apple um, Podcasts. Please give us a review, rate us there. It helps people to find the show. And we're also on Spotify. We're also on all sorts of niche markets.
2: But also, we want to get a conversation going. Because we had a couple of emails. But actually, we want people to start telling us that we're absolutely wrong. Tell us how much you love the show or whatever. Just tell us anything. Tell us, tell us more how you love the show. Well, than... <laughs> yeah, but also, like, this start a conversation. Um And um, we're both single, Monty. Why don't we try and tout and try and (laughs) (laughs) use the podcast to get a date? (laughs) No, don't. That's really weird. Uh, But no, But if you want to email us anything, where did the email us at, Monty? Hello! Hello! At secondcherry.vision. And then our website is secondcherry.vision, which we're going to have all the videos of what's been chosen. And we're going to zhuzh it up a little bit. I love that, I think, as well. Yeah, there's
1: a there's a link on the main page if you want to go straight to the videos and watch a synopsis of what we've already chosen. That's where you'll find all of our chosen songs. Yeah, well. there you go. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you once again, Michaël. Merci. And we'll see you next week. See you later.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.